0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stoney's Brewing, the official free agent frenzy beer of the Steeler Nation. Crack Stonies, Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and today we're going over the fast and furious moves of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and joining me in the discussion is the Pittsburgh Penguins beat writer from TheAtlantic.com and Steeler and Pittsburgh Steeler fanatic, Josh Yoey. Josh, welcome to the Steeler Nation podcast, man. How you doing?
1: I can scratch this off of my bucket list now. It's, it's a great pleasure to join you and back. We have nothing else to talk about, so we might as well talk Steelers football, I figure, so I'm all for it. <laughs>
0: well, actually, what I want to do before I get into Steelers football is let's talk a little bit about Penguins, Pittsburgh Penguins, because that's something that we usually don't talk about on the Steeler Nation uh, podcast, but a lot of the Steeler Nation loves the Penguins. So you being the beat writer, what is the news now for the offseason other than obviously ending the season? The season's completely over, correct? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean... The NHL hasn't made any announcement yet that there won't be the Stanley Cup playoffs. It, mm-hmm. I think, like everybody else right now in the country or in the world for that matter, we don't know when this is going to get better. We, you know, we don't know when life is going to go back to normal.
2: Yeah,
1: and the NHL, unlike the NFL and unlike the NBA, um, the NHL really relies on gate money uh, to make its money. It's why hockey tickets are so expensive. Wow, because they don't have the TV. They don't have the TV money that certainly the NFL has, and really that any other league has. They just don't have as good of a contract. Hmm. Um, so they'll probably be the last league to finally put their hands up and say, all right, we're not having a postseason now. Yeah. Um, so we might be a ways away from that, but obviously there's a, a very real chance that that's not going to happen at this point, uh, things being the way they are. So yeah. we're just kind of waiting and seeing at this point, but it's not looking great for that.
0: Yeah. Is there any big um, problems, then, that the Pittsburgh Penguins would have going into next year as far as losing players? How is the team looking to change, then, from this year into next year, obviously, if they don't finish this year?
1: No, they should still be really good next season. Uh, Really, the biggest problem they will have is that all of their best players are another year older. Mm, Um, Yeah. You know, starting next season, Sidney Crosby will be 33. If getting Malkin will be 34. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Crystal tang turns thirty three in a couple of weeks so oh, wow.
0: they're
1: they're they're still great yeah. But you know that championship window starts to close when your best players get to that age. And yeah. If you you just lose a postseason without ever having the chance to play. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest concern. But their their primary players will all be back next season. There will be some moves to be made, of course. But they're actually in really good shape for the next couple of years in terms of who they have signed.
0: Oh, that's great. That's that's at least some exciting news for Steeler fans and Pittsburgh Penguins <laughs> fans moving forward. So that thanks a lot for sharing that with us. And obviously, Steeler fans, Pittsburgh Penguin fans, head on over to www. Theathletic.com. check out josh's articles obviously being the beat writer anything penguins related he's going to be in the front and center on those articles so uh, jump on and join josh and 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 see what he has to say about the penguins so switching back over now that we got the penguins out of the way which i love but unfortunately hockey is one of my favorite sports to watch obviously as well um, but moving back to football the biggest move in free agency which is why the steelers were doing nothing in free agency and we saw like leading up into the to and right up to the the beginning of free agency they they couldn't really make any moves because under the old collective bargaining agreement there was a poison pill for teams to be able to do the restructures like the steelers like to do generally steelers every year they find the biggest contracts on their on their roster and they offer them a restructuring bonus, which is essentially taking their current year's salary, giving it as a signing bonus, and that spreads it out over the rest of the years of the contract called a restructuring bonus, which works in the same way as a signing bonus. It's just that that signing bonus is always carried out the same number of years from when you first do the signing bonus up to four years. Same thing as the restructuring bonus, it just carries, It's the amount is split over the remaining years of the contract. So, Steeler's couldn't do what they normally do with those big restructures because they had a rule in place, which is called the 30% rule. And what that entailed was no contract can be different from year to year other than 30% difference. So they couldn't front load one side, get 10 million one year and the next year or get, have a person on a 1 million uh, dollar salary and the next year have them making their $10 million salary because they restructured all of that into their signing bonus because that would have been a huge increase, a 900% increase as opposed to a 30% increase, which really screws the Steelers' ability to be able to do anything in free agency. But fortunately, um, the players did sign the and agree to the CBA. It was a really close vote. It's still contentious. And uh, one of the biggest reasons, Josh, that I think that the vote even happened was because they were willing to go on strike. They were talking big. And then this COVID-19 hit and leagues start shutting their doors. And now they're they're worried about like, hey, you know, we have to worry about our health and make sure we have something on the table to take care of our families, because this isn't just a money thing that we can hang on for a year. This is something that affects the entire world. So uh, a lot of a lot of people, I said immediately. I said this is probably the reason why the uh, well they're going to sign the CBA, and it happened. Uh, I don't know if you've been following that news at all on the CBA, but but uh, did were you following that at all, Josh?
1: Oh sure, and you know it's funny the league I cover, you know, always has a CBA nightmare once a decade, <laughs> and there have been so many work stoppages. The NFL, it's been a long time now. I think in the early in the '80s was it uh, a couple of times? I think in the '80s there were work stoppages. Yes last time it has happened, yeah. uh, the owners always seem to get what they want in the end, it seems. yeah. Um, but listen, I think for fans, anytime that there's an agreement, that's a great thing. It is. Um, the last thing the league needs is a work stoppage. And, uh, you know, the league got it 17 games, too. And I, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this because as a football fan, my first impulse really for years after they started talking about it was, oh, this is great, another week of NFL football. Yeah. But then I started paying more and more attention to the Thursday night games. and just yeah. How unbelievably unwatchable most of them are. Yeah. And and I do worry about how much is too much. And if that does start to hurt the product, because I, I mean, unless the Steelers are playing or it affects the Steelers, I, I literally won't watch Thursday night games unless it's a really glamorous matchup, because the quality of play is very clearly poor compared to other games. And I, so I, I don't know that one more game will have an impact on that or not, but it, I'm, I'm very curious to see
0: if it will. Yeah, Josh, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, I mean, the Thursday night games are nearly unwatchable. The uh, the only reason why I was watching Thursday night games, and I think it was two years ago, was because, um, oh gosh, what's his name? The old quarterback, the, the announcer for Dallas, uh, the old Dallas quarterback, Tony Romo. Romo? Yeah. Romo on? Yep.
1: Oh, and Romo's on them. Yeah.
0: Tony Romo. It, it, honestly, he he is the most exciting thing to happen in announcing <laughs> since Howard Cosell. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy is oh, he's just, great. he's brilliant, and I love him because even if the game is crap, he is entertaining. He'll do stuff like, they'll pan to the sideline, and, and players will be talking, and then he inserts, like, word bubbles in their heads as they're talking, and it's just, it, it makes the the process and the show entertaining oh, I, when the game is not.
1: You know, why <laughs> I saw a lot of people were critical of CBS for how much money they gave Romo oh. in his new contract. Yeah, I have no problem with it. I, and it's not like everyone talks about how he predicts plays, which is kind of cool because he does. Yes. But it's not even that. It's just the way he will walk you through. Hey, this is what Tom Brady's thinking right now. Yes. Or this is what Ben is thinking right now, and the, the way he explains the game, he doesn't talk down to people. He doesn't. But whether you were a, like, John Madden was great for football novices, I think. Yeah. But for those of us who know the game, it was like, yes, John, we know you have to block someone, you know. Whereas Romo is certainly more sophisticated, but he's just so incredibly likable. He is. I can listen to Nance and Romo all day long. Me too. Like, compared to Collinsworth or Troy Aikman. Oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, and Joe Buck and Aikman, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. Not even close. Unbelievable how good, I mean, Nance is great, too, but I mean, Romo is... No, I will watch any game where he's the broadcaster. I completely admit I learn things. yeah, And it's just pleasant to hear the guy talk about football. It really is. It is.
0: And he has an excellent way of letting just the average fan know more of the game than we did when we were watching it. I mean, you and I are huge fanatics. We watch a ton of football. We know a lot of the rules. And he's... He's showing us different ways to look at the game, uh, and it's the first time also that a quarterback that was an announcer, and we've had quarterbacks that are announcer, you know, Boomer Esiason, who's still pretty good in his own right, but sure. he, he actually, like you're saying, goes into the mind of the quarterback, reads the defense as he's oh. announcing. Oh, yeah. Which is okay, yes. something you've, we've never gotten before as fans, which is really interesting to see. And then if they actually execute it that way, it's, it's he looks like a genius or he looks like he's, he's Nostradamus predicting plays. But all he's doing is reading the defense. That's the only thing he's doing. Yeah. He's fantastic at it. And and more power to uh, him because ESPN yeah. was trying to steal him away from CBS, and CBS had to make that big contract to keep him and i think they did the right thing because honestly that guy is gold like we're saying like an unwatchable game is watchable with nance and romo because romo is that good no
1: it's no he really is it's funny i i know some people in in that line of work shall we say um and i I know for a fact how much power jim nance has at cbs yeah and I, I had a couple of people tell me, like, they will never let Romo get away because Nance, yeah like, is obsessed with this guy. Like, oh, Nance gosh. wants to finish his career with this guy. And, and I it, mean, it was so. insane,
0: too, because it was Romo's first year. He's never done announcing ever in his career. He started off in the one slot with Nance. And they ran from Well, that from tells there. you how
1: good they knew he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember thinking at the time, like, you know, Phil Simms isn't great, but he's not that bad. The poor guy. Yeah. Like, Yeah, Yeah, a lot of people hate Phil (laughs) Simms. I know that. A lot of people are hard on Phil Simms. It's like, this guy is... This guy's never called a game before, and you're just putting him with dance in the 425 time slot every Sunday. What's going on? Yeah. And you heard him once, like, "Oh my God, this guy's a phenom." <laughs> it is. Yep.
0: Yeah, so, so yeah. That. Well, getting back on, <laughs> on topic, I love that we get off on, on tangents. This is going to be a fun podcast, Steeler Nation. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to get back on topic a little bit here on the CBA. Uh, so, fortunately, they did sign the CBA, and what that did, Steelers going into uh, free agency, they were about four million over the cap. So they couldn't make any moves. They couldn't re-sign uh, Bud Dupree. They could they could cut people. The only thing they could have done is cut enough people to get Bud Dupree on the roster and make small uh, restructures to get make some room to you know maybe do some small moves. But that opened the floodgates when they when the NFLPA agreed on the CBA, done deal. Steelers started going fast and furious into free agency. Um, they started off by. Uh, uh, let's see let's go back to the 18th which is the day like everything hit actually the 16th uh, they they uh, immediately they were <laughs> they um like Ben Joe Hayden and Chris Boswell and that opened up all the money they needed to start free agency now they're with the moves that they made they were four million over they essentially got to like 25 to 30 range under depending on which site you were looking at for your numbers and then they used you know 14 mil of that immediately to sign Bud Dupree before he became a free agent. That was move number one. And I think that's an awesome move as a Steeler fan. To me, I've always written about it, too, in previous articles. I think the biggest move that they needed to do to win a Super Bowl this year was to keep that defense intact, and the number one move was to keep Bud Dupree. What are your thoughts on Bud?
1: No, I agree completely. I don't know that they'll be able to sign him long-term or not. Mm But to have him back for at least another year is a big deal. If you look back, really, since the Steelers moved to a three-four defense in the '80s, mm. you have to have a great presence at weak side outside linebacker. If you don't, uh, the way that—and I know they play a lot of nickel now, so things have changed—but you know, it, it's an imperative position. I and mean, you look back through recent history, whether it be Greg Lloyd or Joey Porter or James Harrison, you must have a presence there. Mm and Dupree, you know, his first couple of years in the league, I don't think he was a bust, but he wasn't that kind of a presence and, and that all changed last season. Yeah. And he just became such of a complete player and yeah, I realize who the other guy is, the outside linebacker oh, gosh, I know yeah. he takes up a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah. But um but Dupree, you couldn't really block him with one player last year. You couldn't. And mm-hmm. it wasn't just his pass rush. Yeah. Um just the overall player that he became. I think it was the Indianapolis game when he a couple of huge plays against the run and they yep. ultimately uh, missed Big. the field goal at the end of the game because of his work. Yeah. I think it was a third and one he made a huge play. Yes, You could just see his overall game really evolve. and you're right if the Steelers are going to win one more Super Bowl yeah they need Ben to be healthy we all know that mm-hmm. yeah. but I don't know that this is going to be a high powered offense the way it was four years ago. Yeah. Um, the defense is going to have to lead the way a little bit. And we saw last year that mm. it certainly can. But yes. you, you don't you don't just let one of your best players leave when you're in that position. So I, I'm i certainly uh, glad that they kept him, and I think it was kind of a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, and, and the biggest thing, too, you're, you're right, 100%. He, he is known and, and forgotten about for his run defense. And a lot of people that aren't as happy about Bud Dupree always point at his quarterback rush numbers and, hey, you know, your quarterback pressures weren't up there with the other people that rush quarterbacks but he was actually getting sacks and he was forcing splash plays when he got there putting balls on the ground um but the the biggest thing to me too is you know you've got watt playing on the other side with that is not even close to being as physically gifted as Bud Dupree, he's not as fast, he's not as tall, he's not as heavy. He's smart, and he works hard, and he's better technically than just about every other linebacker in the league, and he's getting better every year. I think that kind of rubbed off on Bud a bit. His hands got tremendously better. His moves got tremendously better, but he is significantly faster and quicker than Watt, and the, that showed also when we play teams like Lamar Jackson, who was the MVP last year in Baltimore, we got to play them twice a year and he's running down Lamar Jackson from behind in the backfield. There's very few linebackers that can actually chase that man down from behind and pull him down to the ground before he can make a big play. And that's the type of player that the Steelers really need to move forward with this new, you know, mobile quarterback offenses that a lot of pe- these teams are starting to put together.
1: No, that's that's a great point because listen, we know who's going to give the Steelers problems for the next few years. Lamar Jackson Maybe he's had two bad playoff games, but in the regular season he's been frightening. Yeah. And the Steelers played him better in that game last year in Pittsburgh than any team played him all year by far. Yeah. And and I think a big part of the reason is just the number of athletes they've assembled on that defense, whether it be Bush or Dupree or some of the other people we've mentioned, mm. um yeah, the Steelers just play at a different speed than other defenses and I and I've I've never disliked Bud. I mean I always could mm. see the the talent for sure, but you could just see him really evolve and become a different player yeah. last season. I don't know, you know, maybe Watt did have an influence. Mm-hmm. I, I'm an old uh, Joey Porter fanboy. Maybe Joey wasn't that great of a coach. <laughs> that's what a lot and of people are saying. Different...
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that's an amazing point. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And, and, and
1: you know what? Joey was a great player. Yeah, yeah he sometimes was. Sometimes great players don't make great coaches. Yeah. Yeah. You... That, I mean, I, I know coming from my line of work, like Wayne Gretzky was the worst coach ever. Yeah, he couldn't <laughs> coach people. He, he couldn't coach people how things he could do because that was all natural. Mario yeah. would be a horrible coach probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just the way it is with great players. Yeah. Now Joey Porter wasn't on their level, but maybe that yeah. was an issue. I don't know. Yeah. But listen, it's a it's a pass happy league. If you don't have pass rushers, you're not going to win. It, it's yeah. just the way it is. And you know, the Steelers have those two guys at outside linebacker, such good players. And yeah. You know, that's the foundation, and you look at how great Hayward was in the second half of last year. Hopefully, you get to it back, too, because he, he was a monster the first three games of the year, and then he gets hurt. Mm. Uh, you just want to see that guy stay healthy. You know, those four guys on the field at the same time, man, that that has the makings to be a special defense in my in my view.
0: Yeah, they definitely did. Um, then Steelers also, uh, we had to say goodbye to, uh, quite a few free agents. The first, uh, move, which I knew was going to be a cap casualty, but fortunately he went out on his own, um, accord and, and, and retired the way he wanted to as a Pittsburgh Steeler. You got to give props to Ramon Foster, man. Uh, long career, 11 years. The guy was an undrafted rookie free agent and got, s- not only made the roster his rookie year, but started in four games in his rookie year. Um, and then from then on out, he became a starter in his second year, midway through the season at right guard, uh, or th- actually I think at left guard his first year, then the next two years he played right guard and moved back to left guard once DeCastro was ready to start. So that, that it's really an unheralded move, but uh, one of the biggest team players, leader in the locker room, he was the old man on the offensive line, and everybody on that <laughs> offensive line that were pro bowlers looked to him for leadership.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about Ramon the other day, and I do think the word leadership probably gets overused in professional sports sometimes. Yeah. But in his case, I think it's totally accurate. Um, mm. I've had the pleasure of dealing with him a handful of times. He's just a different kind of dude. Uh, he yeah. really is. Nice. Um, he is the most likable, most intelligent, just mm. most interesting athlete you'll ever come across. Athletes get stereotyped a lot in you know, being dumb jocks or whatever, but yeah. he he is anything but, and I do think they will miss him in that locker room. I think he played a pretty vital role, in fact. Um, mm. So I will say, I think he had slipped a little bit. I don't think he yeah. had a great year mm-hmm. last season, and I, I think we saw that offensive line in general was a little disappointing, and, yeah. and I realized they had a really tough task with Ben and been out of the lineup and so many other injuries. Um, there was probably only so much they could do. Yeah. But I felt like the level of play from that group dropped last year. And it did. Maybe he was a part of it. So mm-hmm. maybe it was the right time for him to go anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he he will be missed both both. I think somewhat as a player, but very much as a person. He was a big guy in that locker. Room, for sure.
0: He definitely was, and and I will miss him. I know that I know definitely Pouncy and and Ben already has tweeted out stating that. You know I think his biggest regret was that he never won. A Super Bowl with Foster yeah. because he felt that Foster deserved to be a Super Bowl champion. Um, one interesting aspect, too, is there's a new list that happened with the CBA, which is what Ramon Foster is on. He's technically on the retired list, which means the Steelers do retain his rights should he ever want to come back. And that's something to keep in mind down the road. If the Steelers get in a situation where they have injuries at guard and maybe are getting toward a playoff run, I wouldn't be surprised to see Foster come back on the roster from out of retirement to help out for for the run.
1: I guess stranger things have happened, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) not, not, not the worst thing in the world to make the call down to Tennessee. Hey, Ramon on a few hundred grand to come on up for a couple of weeks. What do yep. you say? Stay in shape. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess it's certainly a possibility, but I am curious to see how things shape up with the offensive line. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of mainstays there. We, we know, you know, center and left guard and left tackle. We, yep. we pretty much, or right guard rather. We, we know who's playing there, but there are a couple of question marks on that line now. And, uh it has been such of a strength for about four or five years. Um, yeah. You certainly don't want to see that line deteriorate in Ben's final year. So that could certainly be an issue if it were to yeah. happen. So yeah. I, I am I am quite curious to see uh, how they line up there for sure. And
0: another big move, too, was the Steelers let B.J. Finney go. He signed a $4 million-a-year contract with Seattle. And that was something that the Steelers – couldn't really afford because that was essentially the same price that Foster was getting at, at that position. they were, I think they were probably hoping for around a hometown discount, around three million a year. Knew it, knowing that the Steelers were his favorite team, they were hoping he'd stick around. But money's money. When you see your first contract in the NFL, and he he moved out to uh, Seattle, so it was a little bit of a of a miss. But fortunately for the line, they ended up bringing in um, oh gosh, what was the guy Stefan was uh, from yep. Kansas City, who just—he's uh, a—he's a really cagey veteran. Understands the interior of the offensive line in the NFL. Plays center at a high level. Plays guard at an even higher level. And interestingly enough, he's just had one of these careers where he's played in two of the last three Super Bowls. He, he pl- played and started a guard yeah. for the uh, Eagles. Played and started a guard down the stretch for. Kansas City, also, when their their starter came back and was ready for the Super Bowl, they they kept Wisniewski in there smartly. Um, so Steelers, I yeah. think, got a nice, diverse piece there to help them out and may even be an upgrade. Definitely, I feel it's an upgrade at the center position. I think he's a better center than B.J. was not when he would fill in. But B.J., sure. I think, had a higher ceiling as a guard being a younger player. But this guy's just so smart. He knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, BJ was a tough loss. I, I really liked him. Mm. In the games we saw him at guard, boy, he, he could run blocks, that's for yes, sure. Yes, he could.
0: He can move people. Um,
1: so, oh, boy. Yeah, so it would have been ideal to keep him. However, he's a nice player, and you know, I don't know him personally, but from what I have been told, you know, he's the kind of guy, he doesn't really have an ego. Mm. If you want to make him your swing guy and or, you know us old time Steelers fans, a guy like Justin Strelzick who could play any position on the line. Yep, <laughs> maybe he wouldn't start when everybody was healthy, mm-hmm. but he's he's everyone's replacement, and he's a good one. Yeah, um, that's a nice guy to have, and you know, he might well start at guard anyway. Yeah, um, I I wouldn't be at all. So I, I would I would guess maybe that's the plan. I I don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other options. I know someone's talking about moving Filer over to guard, perhaps, and you know. That's what training camp is for, but that's a solid NFL player yeah. who's not going to hurt you no matter where you play. And also, I love Pouncey, but he's getting older. He does get hurt a lot. Yeah. Um. So it's still a, a real nice guy to have to back him up as well.
0: Yeah, Yep. and um, Steelers lost another big player on the defense, which unfortunately had to be a cap casualty with all the talent that they have across the defensive line. You already have It, You already have Hargrave as your main guys. You pay him a ton of money. Hargrave was doing an awesome job in, in spelling out uh, when Tuit went down, showed he can rush the passer, really excellent at rushing the passer, really good at taking up blockers on the run, making tackles, and he was just one of those players that the Steelers couldn't afford since he ended up signing uh, a, a contract, which is essentially a three-year, $39 million contract with the Eagles, which averages about $13 million mm-hmm. a year. So that was a huge payday, and obviously, with the Steelers having to, de- it came down to having to decide between Hargrave and um, Bud Dupree. And obviously, they know that they have that Hargrave is a, is a support guy. When Tuit and and Hayward are healthy, he's coming in as an actual added bonus. Or you can have all three of them in there if you're doing a a, a three four on certain downs or, or more of run a run defense. But he was He's a big loss, but obviously he, he ended up being the biggest financial loss or financial cut that Steelers had to make this offseason.
1: Yeah, and I think everybody knew he was gone. That was a foregone conclusion. You can't keep everybody. Yeah. You know, interior pass rushers are hard to find. Mm-hmm. You get a guy like him in the middle of the line who can give you seven or eight sacks a year, there's only so many guys in football who can do that. It's, it's a specific yeah. skill. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't blame the Eagles for paying the guy. I get it. Um, the Steelers knew that would happen. The one thing and I'm, I'm not trying to take a shot at Javon. He's obviously a very good player. Yeah. I never found him to be that great against the run, however. And the Steelers, okay. as good as the Steelers' mm-hmm. defense was last year,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, really for two or three years now, the run defense has not been that great. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's why, but he you know he's not he wasn't exactly a Casey Hampton type who was no. you know, taking away two blockers every play. That, and that wasn't his thing. I realized. Mm-hmm. But their run defense, to me, was a little disappointing at times last season. So yeah. I don't think losing him, I don't think they're hurting themselves at least in that regard.
0: It was a tough thing when they tried to use him as a pure nose tackle, like you're saying. He's more of a three to five tack, um, coming, oh, yeah. coming more outside and, and hitting on the angles to get toward the quarterback or to, to try to shoot into the gaps into the backfield to make plays on the running running backs. Uh, but yeah, and he didn't have the full size like obviously that a Casey Hampton or even that a Dan McCullers has. Um, but that's going to have to be probably one of the biggest points of, um, of emphasis on the draft is maybe finding somebody down a little bit farther to kind of fit that mold because it seems to me like they're going everybody that they're picking up on the off on the defensive line seems to be a three to five tech. they're not looking for zero techs. they're not looking for nose tackles um, you know the the big trade that just happened with the with the Baltimore Ravens, which is insane that the Ravens and the Steelers would actually get together for a trade being as, as much as they hate uh, each other. But I I think, you know, I know, the Ravens are obviously on a move where they're trying to stockpile draft picks and build a, a long lasting team. Um, but f- to make a trade, which essentially is just it was just a swap of picks. It, Steelers didn't give up a f- fifth round draft pick to get. Uh, Warmly, they actually traded their seventh for the a seventh for a fifth. So they got the Ravens' seventh. They give away their fifth, and they get a player. So trading a draft pick from two spots away is good value. At least I think Kevin Colbert did a good job. At least with uh, finishing up that contract. And, and you
1: hmm? and, and you know what I give the Steelers and Ravens credit. Yeah. Because I know there are teams who will not deal with one another. Yeah. But if you can make yourself better, and they both think that they did, yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I and I think maybe that just goes to show, even though they're bitter rivals, mm. I, I always sense the Steelers and Ravens kind of begrudgingly respect one another. They do. Um, you know, the Ravens are a good organization. I but they're a lot like the Steelers. Maybe Steelers fans don't want to hear that. But I actually love that they traded with one another. I bet the Steelers, like, if you could give Colbert and the Rooney's a lie detector test, <laughs> I bet they have so much more respect for the Ravens than they do the Bengals or Browns. Or oh, funny. <laughs> so I, I, you know they're far more willing to deal with them. So I actually yeah. thought that was kind of cool that they did that.
0: Yeah, it seems like they have a better organization in the Ravens, and the Ravens have already tried to model themselves after the Steelers, and they've done an excellent job of building – you know excellent defensive football first and then strong running game and building out from the from the offensive right. and defensive lines and they're smart about it because you have a team like the Bengals and the Browns that year after year chase skill players get these great skill players but you have no big you know offensive lineman or defensive lineman to let those skill players shine and they don't shine And it's, uh, it's, it's, so they're doing it a smarter way over in Baltimore. And that's actually, that's actually where I'm living currently. I'm, I'm close to the Baltimore area. I'm in Mount Airy, Maryland. So, um, I have to hear from my Ravens friends a ton. Used to work for the Ravens back in 2000, 2001, running their, uh, their, uh um, training camp promotional events for the kids and the oh. pregame uh, promotional events and, and games and stuff. And we had a, a blast doing that. But uh, but yeah, obviously, still, I mean, I'm a Steeler fan through and through. <laughs> Even when I was going there, I was like <laughs> I was happy the Ravens came into town because I was like, hey, I get to see one Steeler game a year from home. So that was, always worked out well for me, and that was the only day I wouldn't work, and I'd show up in my black and gold and go watch the game. So <laughs> that worked out well for me. But Chris Wormley was interesting because... I was expecting the Steelers to go out and grab a, a zero tack, one tack, somebody that's a, a big run stopper, and he's good. Mm-hmm. He's a, he actually is an excellent run stopper. He is, he's actually a much better run stopper and keeping um, uh, clean off the blocks. He's really excellent hands. Good job of pushing offensive linemen around um, to get. Uh, and to create space and have vision in the backfield to disengage and make tackles. And he does an excellent job at that. So I don't know if the Steelers are going to try to throw him more into the center of the line. But it's another one of these three to five tech guys that they love. They love these athletic three to five techs. you got Alu Alu. You've got Hayward. You've got Tewit. I mean, it, it seems like they've almost given up on the nose pack tackle position as being a point of emphasis and they're more of like a two-down yeah. lineman uh, team now. And it's it's kind of been showing here for the past, like, three, four years. They've been kind of transitioning to that. But, um, but you know, some yeah, of the... This- yeah, they have.
1: And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the league has just changed so much. And you, you got the sense a few years ago that they were kind of behind the times a little bit with the way teams would just spread them out mm-hmm. and just destroy them, especially the good quarterbacks. And I think finally they think, oh, we can't keep doing this. I mean, we... we it's great that we have the base three four and that we can still stop the run, but if we're gonna let teams slice and dice us through the air all game was the point. So I, I certainly do sense the change and maybe big Dan McCullers is good enough to be that, you know, run stuff in those tackle and situations when you still need that. He's certainly big enough. We know that. Yeah. I don't think he's a bad player, mm-hmm. but I, I just I feel like he's been on the team for quite a while now, and we still don't really know what he is. <laughs> you know, he's just he, kind of a mystery to me. How good he is, I don't know.
0: He he just hangs on the roster. The guy is always oh, yeah. on the roster. It's amazing. I, think
1: I saw Chris, Ad, Chris Adamski tweeted out. I think he is the tenth most longest uh, tenured athlete in Pittsburgh sports. <laughs> yeah, but he is like you look ass. at the list. It's like it's like Roethlisberger, Crosby, Malkin. And you keep that in the colors. And kind of like, oh my God. That's amazing to me. <laughs> it is because Good he's, man,
0: he's never been that guy. I mean, he's had his moments where he's no. done well in run, run defense. And that's what he is. He's not that guy. That's going to get you a sack. Though he has gotten sacks in the past. And usually they're off of just strict, um, you know, power plays where he's throwing this, the center back into the quarterback. Um, But yeah, he's, he's known as he's really the only zero tech the Steeler has on the roster. That's a legit zero tech. And they not only is he rostered so much, especially even last year, like he wasn't even active for most of the year last year. So they didn't even try to commit to having a a nose tackle in the run defense last year. Same thing with LT Walton, who would have been another, you know, zero tech that they would have utilized in that spot. Um, Bug's the same way. He's another three to five tech. Guy. It's it's, just, it's just this, they're go. they're looking for athletic defensive linemen. They 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 found that that's what they want. Um, so you know McCullers looks like, and I was surprised because I just did the research on the free agency stuff, and when I went through the roster, I'm like, holy crap, Dan McCullers is still on the roster. <laughs> it's like they do have a nose tackle on the roster so hey you know at least they're just drafting for depth if they're trying to find a nose tackle in the draft they got big dan there he's still going to hold down the fort and i'm sure they're going to find somebody late in the draft that'll at least have the body type and the uh the experience of playing (laughs) the the nose because it's it is something that steeler fans still pine for since the casey hampton days because that guy controlled the center of the field uh um, wow. you know same thing with Joel Steed to a lesser extent but he still did a great job and you know we just oh, yeah. love those guys those grinders in the middle of the field that just shut down every, anything that is the bread and butter running wow. plays on offense
1: I believe Kimo von Ohoffen played nose tackle in 2000 wow and they shifted him over when Casey was drafted oh. he was like it was like having two of those guys on the field at the same time but you know mm. the game was a little different then and there's a reason nobody could ever run on the Steelers back then. Yeah. And um, the, <laughs> yeah. those two guys were a big part of it. Yeah. And not, not to ignore Aaron Smith, who was just oh, gosh, probably he was... better than both of them. It just uh, he could do everything. Yeah. that was... would give you seven or eight sacks a year. Yes.
0: Yes. And that was the one thing that we've been talking about is is it's so rare to find those defensive linemen that can get you sacks. And Aaron Smith was that first defensive oh. lineman that we saw that would, that would... I mean, he never got the the um, acclaim that he deserved. The guy was no. such an oh. integral part of that defense. And anytime he had an injury at the end of the season, there went the Steelers' playoff chances. Oh. And it
1: sucked because it happened no, for two years. I'll never, I'll, never, yeah. I'll never forget. It was Super Bowl Forty, in mm-hmm. Detroit. Before the game, they had Bill Belichick on the the panel talking about breaking down the game. Yeah, And Belichick just goes on this tangent about how Aaron Smith is the most difficult guy of the Steelers' the game plan for. Yes. What an incredible player. I remember thinking to myself, you know what? But Belichick's saying that. It's got to be true. Yeah. That's that's pretty high praise coming from him.
0: And that was a a team that was loaded with stars, you know, linebacker. You had Joey Porter, and you had Harrison, and you had a um, lesser extent, Farrier. Harrison. Yeah. Oh gosh, Ferry was a yeah. monster in the middle. You're right. Yeah. Of course, Troy the, Palomalo, Yep. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> guy. players. <laughs> yeah, the, and and for Belichick to spend that much time oh. on Aaron Smith, oh, he, yeah, he I totally and that's to talk about. Yeah. yeah, and and that's one thing about Belichick. He knows film better than any coach, and he knows nuances, oh, sure. and he he knows every single player inside now, and, and that's why they're so good. Um, and it's just understanding of how good of a player that guy was. And you kind of had like a a mini, a mini look back with Hargrave with, you know, he wasn't as dominating. I don't think as Aaron Smith was because Aaron Smith, you couldn't even move him in the running game. I mean, he was definitely that anchor on that side of the the line, but you know, it's watching Javon Hargrave for our younger Steeler fans. That's kind of like what it was watching Aaron Smith get into the quarterback and making those splash plays. Um, Because he was just always constantly solid and making big plays in every game, even getting those big hands up, making a lot of uh, knocking down a lot of passes when he wasn't getting to the quarterback as well.
1: No, no question. Hargrave will be a loss. I mean, I mean that's one of the things that has made this defense so special. Yeah, Watt jumps out at you because of just the incredible pass rusher that he is. But they have such diversity on the pass rush.
2: Yeah,
1: and whether it be Bud or Watt or you know Hayward or you know there's there's five or six guys some um, some of the blitzes they can come up with uh you know we can go on and on but you're you're losing a guy hmm. in the middle of the defense that can give you six or seven sacks a year so it's yep. not the end of the world yeah but uh it, yeah I mean, it, it's a loss no doubt and yeah. you can tell by the money the Eagles gave him that guy's a good player yeah
0: <laughs> he was the priority signing it seemed like and he got signed picked up right away um Steelers lost a couple more players too obviously it was disappointing they lost Sean Davis and he went to the uh Washington Redskins they also lost Artie Burns to Chicago it was disappointing that neither of those players really got to live up to their potential every time it seemed like Sean Davis was going to have a breakout year he'd either get moved or he'd have an injury um I did like the the, the cut of that guy's jib he was a hard player hard nosed player and, and, and was a good tackler but it was uh a, he had a disappointing career. Obviously, Artie Burns was great and has had some great moments in his second season when he came in, and then he seemed to regress and just never became that outside corner that we've needed. Um, and uh, he walked as well as um, Steelers lost uh, Tyler Matikovich from the center went to Buffalo and Nick Vanette, who we um, gave up a fifth round draft pick last year to pick up. He is now in Denver, so um. Kind of the guys we were kind of expecting to leave the team when we're thinking about, you know, unrestricted free agents. They weren't coming back. I mean, Matakavich I was kind of holding out and hoping that they'd keep him just because of his special teams play. He's an awesome special teams player. Good backup depth. But um, what do you think of those players?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, Artie Burns, he just never really worked out. Remember that one training camp? It might have been his second season. Mm -hmm. And all the reports from Latrobe were, oh, he's giving A.B. trouble in camp. He's giving A.B. trouble. He's following him around everywhere. Yeah, A.B. can't go. Oh, I don't know what happened there, but uh, yeah. he, <laughs> just, yep. he just became a disaster. And he, I think Artie's the classic kind of guy that just needed a change of scenery. Yeah, now, You can see some of the physical ability there for sure, mm. but he had to go. And, you know, Sean Davis wasn't a bad player. Mm. Um, I, You know, he did some good things. Uh, unfortunately, the enduring... Memory of him for me will be trying to cover Gronk. Oh, uh, the Patriots! Yeah, the, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a tough game Gronk, for him. <laughs> Gronk, might, Gronk might be the best tight end ever, so yeah. I'm not going to blame. Them. Frankly, some coaching, you know, things could have been done a little differently there. I think. Yeah, they, they were leaving the poor guy out on an island against him, and nobody on that team could have covered him one on one.
0: No, no.
1: But was... that, that will always be my memory of him.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, Gronk just having his way with him and. Probably what was the most devastating Steelers loss of the past decade, if I had to pick one. Yeah, so, yeah. That's unfortunately, it. that memory lingers.
0: Yeah, it does. It unfortunately does. <laughs> um, Steelers also placed uh, linebacker Ryan Shazier on the reserve retired list. Um, might be another year before he comes back. But like we said, the interesting thing about being on the retired list means you can kind of come back at any time. Um, probably like I'm saying though, he's probably not looking to play this year and maybe next year would be his last chance to actually make it back to the NFL. But, um, what a great story and just kudos to the Steelers for still keeping that guy around, keeping him on the roster. So he at least gets the medical care that he deserves. And he also being on the roster and being placed on these things means that he gets another year. Uh, of experience in the NFL toward his pension which means his pension amount increases every year that he's rostered. So that's a that's a classy classy move for the Steelers organization that other teams would have cut him as me as immediately like as soon as he got hurt. They I mean if he was a Brown he would have been cut. If he was a Bengal he would have been cut.
1: You know what happened to Ryan Shay's year was one of the worst things any of us have ever seen in any sport. It was awful. Yeah. But I have to say in the aftermath it has been such of a feel good story. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way the Steelers have treated him, and, and just how nice it is to have him around, you can tell. You know, he's like having a coach out there, basically. I mean, yeah. the impact he has had on especially the younger players—it's very evident. I mean, you—how many times do you see you know Bush on the sideline talking with Chase Year during a game? Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. Um. I, and I give the Steelers credit. You know, They have made sure that he is taking care of financially, as they should. Yeah. I mean, it's the right thing to do, but I don't know that every team would. No. Um, they do. Mm. They take care of their own, and, and he has done so much good work on you know, off the field since then. I don't think he's ever going to play football again. I, I hate to, yeah. You know, realistically speaking, mm. I don't think any of us really thinks that. Yeah. But – you know what? They've made the most of the situation, and I, I give Shazier and the Steelers so much credit. I really do.
0: Yes. Yeah, I do, too. And um, moving to the restricted free agents that were on the roster, the Steelers made uh, a couple moves uh, there in that respect. They um, they ended up signing Zach Banner uh, to his original round contract. He got an original round tender, which means they got to give him a little bit less money, which, which means... Being signed to the original round tender for Steeler fans that may not know means that if somebody makes an offer and takes that player, they have to give up the draft pick from the round that that player was taken. And Zach Banner was a fourth round draft pick, so if, if Zach would if somebody else makes an makes an offer for Zach, they got to give up a fourth round draft pick. But you got to keep in mind. Fourth round draft pick is a pretty high price to play for a player that really is just a swing tackle currently, and um, maybe, maybe you know, obviously a potential to be a starter. Fan favorite, definitely, but <laughs> he is he is a swing tackle, and that would be a lot of uh, draft capital to give up strictly for a swing tackle. Um,
1: it, it would. Hmm? Um, yes, I enjoy being at Heinz Field when he enters the game. He certainly <laughs> has become a cult hero. He's another yeah. guy. It's just a mystery to me. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying he's no so good. There might be something there. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. to see how much of a real chance they give him at training camp to fight for that, that spot at right tackle. Maybe he can play. I, I don't know. I, the, there's a few guys on the roster that we don't really know how good they are because they've been sheltered a little bit. Yeah, And he certainly falls in. But I'm glad he's back for another year. There there are worse options to have. Yeah, It takes linemen a while. We know that. So he's been in the system for a while now. Let's see what he can do.
0: And the Steelers are building a lot of talent there on that tackle position because, you know, you've got a core fourth still. You know, Chooks, he's, he's, you know, coming in. And he he ended up starting in that one game. I know that Foster went down. They moved Filer to guard. And Chooks became the starter. And they just kept uh, Banner at that swing tackle position that he excelled at. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting this season and it may come down to, they may still keep, you know, Chooks, Filer and Banner at tackle. And if there's an injury to, you know, Wisniewski, move Filer over and then just go business as usual, throwing the other tackle in. So Filer may be the starting right tackle and backup left guard um going into the next season depending on how things shake out you know there's some depth on the roster too i know gray from maryland was a showed he was really position flexible last year he was drafted um and he was you know showing some good points in in um in training camp and they ended up putting him on the uh the practice squad for the year so it'll be interesting to see what he does in training camp as well because he's got a real shot to being a a, one of those interior guys that they love to switch between you know center guards um that they keep active on game days
1: it's nice to have some depth at that position. It's just, you know, and there are question marks for sure, but they have legitimate NFL players there, and there's something to be said for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it, obviously, we were talking about Filer. He was also a restricted free agent. Steelers gave him a, a second round tender, which is dirt cheap for a starting right tackle in the NFL. Um, I think that would be the only player on our roster that is a restricted free agent that another team may target. But. You know, for me, at least for the value of it, it was smart that the Steelers, you know, locked down a starting tackle, no matter what, um, restricted or not. Uh, Same thing with Mike Hilton. He's, uh, you know, obviously not a starter, but he's technically the starter in the sub package with an extra receiver. He's our he's our slot corner, makes big plays on the defense. He's a splash play guy. He really got better at at pass defense toward the end of the year and really prided himself at that. Plus, he's our number one corner rushing the quarterback. He's the one that gets sacks so um he
1: he is in all seriousness he is a gifted blitzer he, yeah. he just knows how to time blitzes like no one else no I he's a nice guy to have on your team he's a nice nice little weapon on third downs is he not
0: and and he also knows when to break off the blitz and get in the passing lane he's I know he's knocked down a pass before uh he's you know broken off the blitz and followed a, a receiver out of the backfield so you know yep. he's a smart guy and I, I love having him on the play oh, yeah. and he, and he works hard and he loves the game and so it's one of those players that one of the few players that the Steelers ended up stealing off of the um, you know used to be on the 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 Patriots um, um, training camp and, and that's one of the few players the Patriots let slip through their fingers because that guy's is he's really a smart, hardworking player which the Patriots love and he fortunately he developed with us.
1: No, no, there's there's no doubt about that. They don't mess up on those too often. But and hey, they're doing okay in the secondary themselves. So yeah, maybe they wouldn't have room. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, true. He is, <laughs> But he he is a a certainly a nice player. The Steelers have a better situation at cornerback than they have had in ages. It's been a, a position that's been a problem for so long. Well, yeah. you know, uh, Steven Nelson came in and really oh, played high caliber football all season. Joe Hayden, you know, he's getting older, but the guy can still play. Yep, but him in the slot and Sutton. I mean, you, you've got some real yeah. options yeah. now. Yeah, you do. So that's that's a good thing to have. This is one of the deeper Steeler teams we've seen in a long time, I think.
0: Yeah, it's a long time coming from you know Blake and uh, you know Burns and that those those you know watching those guys play corner was so difficult to watch because those guys couldn't you know Blake couldn't stay on his feet when somebody would make a double move, let alone cover anybody. And it was it's just it's the the defensive secondary has come a long way, especially at corner in the last three years. Um, but as a Steeler fan, we're happy to see that, see them being able to make plays as opposed to, you know, getting getting embarrassed. Uh one other person I wanted to um really highlight, and this is a this is a guy that I thought was a huge, huge must signing for the Steelers to keep consistency moving into going for a Super Bowl this year, and it's a player that nobody thinks about. It's your long snapper. It's a uh, Cameron Kennedy Can- and the guy is nothing but solid. Um and he's been working his tail off, and he doesn't make mistakes. Steelers have shown, you know, this is the guy that they keep on contract. They, they've they only had, oh gosh, I think Cameron Cameron Canadae is their third long snapper since 1999.
1: Their third. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah.
0: And um, so, they, well, hmm? go ahead.
1: you know, a bad long snapper can destroy a season in a hurry. So yeah. if you have one you trust, you don't let them go away, even if you maybe pay him a little more than other teams. Now, other teams would overpay, too, for a guy like that, I assure you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, now, now we get to talk about, well, one other terminated contract. They, there was one other cut that came as a, a surprise, I guess, to some of the Steeler fans with them dropping Roosevelt Knicks because Rosie was a huge fan favorite, huge hitter on special teams. Unfortunately, he had that knee injury last year. He was only active for one full game. Uh, that was the game that mm-hmm. – that, um, um, Connor ended up having over 100 yards uh, because we had a working fullback, came in crushing people because he got injured in the first game, hurt his knee, didn't come back until right after the uh, bye week, had that huge game after the bye week, and then in the next game he got hurt. Um, And that was it for his season. So um, I don't know if he's still having issues, but Steelers did make a really, really interesting move then to replace not only his excellence in – Special teams being a coverage guy, but also being a hard-nosed blocker. And I also think they upgraded for uh, getting a receiver out of the backfield. And that was picking up another Watt brother, Derek
1: Watt, man. What a pickup. I didn't see that one coming. Not at all. Whoa, Derek Watt. (laughs) Um, You know, I've seen some people say, well, maybe they overpaid a little bit. He's a fullback. Well, he's not just a fullback. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: He's a special teams monster for what that's worth. Yeah. and. You know, the Steelers' special teams, I won't say they're bad, but they, they don't win games because of their special teams very often. Mm-hmm. It's been that way for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the kind of guy that can help you win a game with special teams. He he is a real impactful guy in that regard. Yeah. And he can do some things on the offensive side of the ball as well. Yeah. Um, he, yes, he can. Obviously, he's a great blocker. and he can, You know, he can help you in other ways, so I, I love it. And, listen, I, I was talking with Kabale about this and uh-huh. – I said, you know, maybe this like makes TJ a little more likely just to sign that long-term deal, just in case. And he said, "You're crazy. That has nothing to do with why they signed him." I mm. will defer to Mark on this one. Yeah, but it doesn't hurt. And and, and maybe if JJ wants to finish his career here, if Houston keeps making stupid trades, and he gets frustrated. Yeah, I think it would be very nice to have all three Watt brothers in black and gold. Mm. I, I suspect you agree.
0: That would be awesome, and that's something that I've postulated as well. <laughs> uh, the the reason why I agree with Mark with the, is the only reason why he's not the onus for keeping uh, TJ watt is because Steelers still have the fifth year option available, which they probably will enact this year um, to te- mm-hmm. before we hit preseason. So Watts will be under contract for the next two years. So he's not going anywhere, Right. but it's interesting because JJ right. um, Watts contract is up in two years. So then you get in playing oh, the game. Cool. I mean, obviously you'd love to have both TJ and JJ on the team, but then it comes to the game has to be played. You know, who do you get rid off of the defensive line to make, right. to give room for JJ? I mean, looking at the contracts, just strictly a money look at the contracts, you know, Cameron Hayward would be the guy that you take because he's, they're right about the same number, 13, 14 million for each yeah. player. They're like about 2 million off. It would be an easy transition. Um, and And you'd have all the Watt brothers. But the thing is like, Hayward is is your leader on that defense. He's not going anywhere and um then no. you, so then you have to look at the other side of the line it's like okay well two it's an option but the problem is they just gave Tua to it a new contract last year he signed up through 2000 yeah, <laughs> or 2022 yeah yeah so he i mean
1: well it's probably a pipe dream but i mean and also jj is not a spring chicken and he gets hurt a lot so yeah. i don't yeah. know what he'll have left in a couple of years but it's it's cool to think about regardless
0: it is it definitely is and uh, you know and it's so great to just to have the Watt brothers—I don't know if you follow them on Twitter—but they constantly are like digging at each other, just the way brothers do. But they're oh, so they're damn competitive about everything; it's so amazing. And one of the biggest burns that I know that that JJ gave to TJ was, you know, saying he almost like he's complaining because he almost uh, looks like because he's, he's saying about how good of a player he was being all pro. It's like, well, yeah, and you almost be- became the. Uh, um, <laughs> defensive player of the year. Speaking from a guy who's won defensive player of the year, digging at his brother. So that's gonna. I will be...
1: say, JJ JJ pushed very hard for his younger brother for that award all season on Twitter. However, oh the yeah, credit for that. yeah, and I thought he deserved <laughs> and rightfully it. rightfully so.
0: I honestly I thought he deserved it. I think that that was an amazing <laughs> yeah. year by a player, and he was just a, a monster and a game changer in every game. They ended up giving it to the the Patriots' corner, and he disappeared. Really was not as impactful as a player since the the, the report came out with their, you know, re- recording some signals in the uh, Cincinnati, um, yeah. uh, uh, game. I, I think the if the game. Steelers
1: hmm? if, if the Steelers had made the playoffs, I bet Watt would have won it. That's not fair. Yeah, but it's not. I, I did re- If you if you look at the history of that award, yeah, um, the players' team almost always makes the playoffs, or fairly or not. That that tends to be the tiebreaker for a lot of voters. I think.
0: Yeah. And I tell you one thing, if you look at just what the Steelers did with all of the injuries that they had last year without that defense, that's a that's a four-win team max, max four-win oh, yeah. team. They won so many games on defense last no year, and Watt was a big part of that. So that's unfortunate, but you're right. It's having that stigma of playing that extra game, having that extra visibility, because they don't announce the uh, defensive player of the year until, you know, you're, what, two, three weeks into the playoffs anyway. So, you know. It is what it is, but I think it gives him a little bit of an extra fire and an extra kick, and you know the guy wants to get better, and he's one of those players that just lives, eats, and br- breathes football, and that's the Watt brothers, man, and you're getting that same player now on special teams and fullback, and that, that to me, that's something to get excited about, because I loved me some Rosie Nicks. Don't get me wrong, because I li- I, <laughs> my seats in uh, Pittsburgh are right there, so I'm watching from the backfield angle, and I just... Always keyed on Rosie Nix watching him hit that first guy in the oh, hole, yes. and you could hear the pop oh, no. every
1: time. <laughs> but, no, I'm a Rosie Nix guy myself. Yeah, but I, I I think Watt is a more versatile player, probably definitely, and um, you know, less where he doesn't get hurt either. Knock on wood, of course. Yeah, but yeah. um, he's been really durable, which is a nice thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the more Watts you can have on your team, <laughs> I, I never look at that as a negative. You just want them around, but. Not only are they great players and winners, but there's just kind of a positive energy about them. It's just a good thing.
0: So, the Steelers are technically a high voltage team anyway because they just in, keep increasing their wattage. So, we can all be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, a, a couple then, obviously, like having that much money in, like moving into free agency where like Steelers don't have any money, they can't do crap. And then they surprised everybody. They created a ton of cap space, signed Bud, and then they, they bring in. You know, one of the best tight ends in free agency, in Eric Ebron, and I was floored by that when that happened. I screamed, "Yes!" Like I, I first saw a text from our uh, from the uh, Steeler Nation. Uh, um, uh, um, um, uh, sorry, we have a, a thread group on um, one of those message chat apps, but um, I'm an old guy, so it's, uh, yeah, they get that message chat from the Steeler Nation group, and it's like, wow, we got Eric Ebron, and that was that's a, a dream come true because you're heading into free agency. <laughs> Obviously, we knew um, Vance McDonald could be a possible cut. I saw his value of retaining him because he works so well with Ben and when he Ben's in there, he's going to be the guy and he's a great run blocker. So then now you have mm-hmm. you know Vanette and and um, um, and Vance, which you thought were question marks. Now, you know Vance is on the team and now you you upgrade and you get Ebron before the draft. and it's it looked like the draft was going to be a, a low priority draft for tight end anyway because it didn't look like there was a lot of talent this year.
1: Yeah, the position goes from a perceived weakness to something of a strength, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, it's funny. There are some guys in the NFL I feel like you watch a lot more of if you have, like, gambling interests in certain teams or fantasy football interests. and. (laughs) For whatever reason, for, you know, Matthew Stafford is often my fantasy football quarterback. This is my way of saying I watch the Detroit Lions play more than any <laughs> i should. Yeah, and, and,
0: <laughs> and I, I even tell my friends that are Detroit Lions fans that I feel for them for having to watch those games <laughs> year oh, yeah. after year. So. Here's, the
1: thing. Here's the thing. Ebron, like I'm not a scalper. He's a really talented guy.
0: Like, mm-hmm.
1: He can get open. He's a big dude who can move. Like any quarterback would like throwing to him now yes there might be some negatives he's not a good blocker and mm-hmm. by many accounts he is something of a diva yeah. and he pretty much everywhere he's been he's been a pain in the ass when he doesn't get the ball mm-hmm. so listen ben had to deal with ab so he's he's dealt with the king of that so i don't think that will bother ben mm-hmm. and maybe he'll have a little more respect for ben just because of who he is and his stature in the game maybe That won't be a problem. I hope it doesn't become one because I love the signing. Yeah. You gotta give Ben some weapons. Yeah, you do. Because when 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 Ben's healthy, Mm -hmm. the Steelers aren't going to try to win games like the way Tennessee did in the playoffs. Yeah. That's just not who they are with Ben. Yeah. Doesn't mean I think they want to be more balanced than they were, you know, at the height of the A B Martavis year, sure. Yeah. But and like spread the ball around, and work out of the shotgun, and have weapons. This guy's a legit weapon. He's a big time talent, especially in the red zone. But just in general, I was very surprised they were able to get him. Hmm. He got less money than Jimmy Graham. I gotta be honest. I don't think Jimmy yeah. Graham's very good anymore. <laughs> I think this guy's a better. Pl- I think this guy's a better player. I really do. So I thought it was a great signing for the Steelers and really low risk. In yeah. two Years. It's not yeah. that much money. I, I give Colbert high marks for this move.
0: It is, and I I just saw a uh, there was a tweet that came by it was or it was a uh, or an Instagram that came through a huge um, um, uh, Chicago Bears fan, and they while they were announcing they were doing a a show or something, and and <laughs> they, they got the word through that Eric Ebron just signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then he heard what he signed for. And he's like, they paid less for Gin- yeah. Jimmy Graham for Eric Ebron. He's like, what are the Bears doing? It's like, what? Like, is- I watched
1: a lot of Packers games. Uh-huh. I watched a lot of Packers games last year. You could see Rogers' frustration with him. Like, wow, it, the guy just wasn't very good anymore. Yeah, it was obvious to me. I wow, he's getting paid because of his name, I think. But I, I mean, so Ebron, no, he he is a very intriguing player. You can go with two tight end sets and throw out of them now. You can do a yeah. lot of things. Him. So yeah. I, and Vance McDonald, listen, I mm-hmm. know he gets hurt a lot, but he's a talented football player in his own right. You know, Ben really likes throwing to him. That's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. So the more options Ben has, the better. Now they've got some legitimate weapons for him.
0: And here's just one small point that I just need to make about, um, you know, McDonald, you know, I love McDonald Um Everybody thinks of him as an injury prone player, and I track injuries. I do spreadsheets. I'm, an, I'm a nerd. This is my nerd coming out now, Josh. You get to <laughs> learn how much of a nerd I am. Go but I, I keep spreadsheets on injuries. Um, Vance McDonald's only missed three games in the past two years uh, one being the first game of the season uh, two years ago, and then played the rest of the 15 and, and uh, had no problems. Uh, last year, he had the concussion, and the concussion was the only reason that he missed time last year, missed two games. So you know in he gets that idea of being injury prone i think it's kind of unfairly put on him pouncey also got that thing put on him earlier in his career as well a uh, big part of that was you know DeCastro landing on him <laughs> and taking out his knee for the year well, but, I'm, I'm,
1: yeah I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because mm-hmm. I, since you're an expert on this i want to bring this up as well sure it's um I'm very much a Ben guy. Yeah. I mean, some people hate Ben. I'm a Ben guy. I actually think he's underappreciated all time.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: And he has this he has this rap for always being hurt. Mm-hmm. Before this past season, he never missed that many games. Yes. It just drives me nuts that he has, oh, he's not durable. Like, the hell he's not. Yeah, he's I mean, one of the— Especially when you consider the beating he's taken. Yes. Like, I, that used to drive me crazy when people would say that about him. And, and, I mean he, he missed a few weeks 17s when he was healthy and they kept him out but, yeah. but the guy almost never misses a long stretch of time.
0: Dude came back from well, He's hurt a lot. He dude came back from a meniscus tear in 2 weeks. This guy is like yeah, one I mean, of the toughest damn quarterbacks you're ever going to see. He came back from like bouncing his dome off the front of a freaking car on his motorcycle. I mean that that would have ended almost, a lot of people's careers. <laughs> but he, he almost
1: died in that Monday night game in San Francisco when he couldn't move. Oh, and he geez. just kept taking a beating. Like I mean, for, but for people to say he's not durable is just maddening to me. Yeah, like, I <laughs> come. I just come look back at the to numbers. that. That, like, that he plays fourteen. 14- yeah. The aver- average is like, before last year, he averaged like 14 and a half or 15 games a year or something yes. like that. Like, yeah. Okay, I think he'll take that. Yeah, you, <laughs>
0: you also got to let people know, like, what other quarterback can get his nose broken on the first drive of a game and continue through the game and win the game against the division rival? Right. <laughs> that that yeah. was like I one mean, of the most insane but, but- things
1: no flag was thrown on that flag. Exactly. Well, yeah, it was,
0: you know, it, it was it was a quick hit. It wasn't like he'd like punched in. It was it was one of those freak <laughs> things that should have been called, but but yeah, and the other one too is you got to remember back to that big upset comeback against the Bengals where they melted down on and in the, in the oh. uh, on the Bengals side, but you got to remember that Ben was hurt. His arm was hurt. Perfect spun around and sh- and like slammed his knee into his shoulder. Yeah. When he was taken off the field, yep, he missed a he missed a drive, and it was the um, Landry Jones came in on that first drive and threw a pick (laughs) on his first damn throw. Fortunately, (laughs) Hill fumbles the next play from Ryan Shazier, forced the fumble. Uh, They pick up the ball, and then Ben comes back out, (laughs) and and nobody remembers that. Like no one remembers Ben lost a drive because he got wrecked on that play.
1: I think because of all the things that happened at the end of that game with Pac-Man and Montez yeah, and Joey. People forget like Ben obviously could barely move his arm. He went off the field on a yes. you know, on a cart. Yeah. And then he comes out and leads the game-winning drive. It was, it was a heroic performance. Yeah, it was. Largely forgotten because of all the other strange things that happened. But what people say is not durable it just infuriates
0: me. It yeah. really does. Well, And you're right. They just don't like to give him credit for anything. That's that's one of the biggest right. moments a quarterback can ever do. Coming back
1: on the field. <laughs> oh, he's right.
0: back on the field. Oh, he took him to the field. Like If that was Rodgers, if that was Brady, if that was Manning, oh, yeah. they would be known for that drive. The same thing is, it happened to him in the Super Bowl. He couldn't win for a losing. I mean, he the game-winning drive was him. <laughs> I mean, he was the one right. bailing him out. Like sure, he, well, found, he found um with, with Holmes on most of those plays, but he threw a big play to Nate Washington as well, but I mean, it was all I mean, good? any other quarterback would be the MVP for that game-winning drive.
1: With all due respect to San Antonio, and he was great that whole postseason yeah. in that game. Yes he was. Ben Roethlisberger absolutely was the MVP of that game. Yeah. all of those plays were like broken plays where he was faking left and right. I mean yep. it was it was a virtuoso drive, it really was. And yeah. and also people love to bring up, Oh, he played like crap in Super Bowl forty and he did. Yeah. But look at what he did on the road the three weeks before against yes. three really good teams. Yeah. And when they couldn't really run the ball very well in any of those games, I might add. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> he he, yeah, he didn't make a, there are people, yeah yeah people people are never going to give him credit, and that's whether it's off the field stuff or just because the Steelers are a very polarizing team around the country. It's probably both true. But to me, he's a very appreciated player in the history of the game. I, I truly believe that.
0: Yeah, and one last player that I need to talk about also that finally got the respect that he deserves Jordan Dangerfield coming back on the team for a one-year contract yeah. and that's that's that free that you know that that safety depth that the te- that the Steelers need because that's a that's a position of need as well we get a guy that knows the system he's a hard worker on special teams he makes the roster he can make the he can make some plays when he comes in but you know obviously we're hoping that our, our backup safeties don't have to come onto the field because we got a lot of talent up in the front <laughs> but drafting a, a, a safety with talent might be a, a point of emphasis now that it seems like like a lot of the, uh, you know, tight end now is off the books. You retained uh, Bud Dupree, so you you know outside edge isn't as much of a need. Uh, yeah, you need some depth there. You need some depth at inside linebacker. Always need depth at offensive line, but you know they're drafting for depth now. There's no starter they need huh. to draft for anymore. You know, possibly a guard would be the only outside chance of finding a starter in yeah. in a draft.
1: No, and that's that's a good thing. Even though they don't have a ton of draft picks this spring. Um, they certainly have some leverage now, don't they? And yeah. those are often when the best drafts pop up. You, you don't want to be reaching for people, as they uh, famously did with Troy Edwards once upon a time. Guys like that, you, you don't want to do that. Yeah, you know, you, you have, you have, when it was 1999. They needed a receiver, so they took Troy Edwards when John Tate, and Jabon Curse were on the board. For God's sake, <laughs> like you know, I know right? You, you don't want uh. you don't want that to happen. You just don't. And, they don't have to force anything right now, which is a great thing, and good yeah. for danger field ease. And I like these guys who are good special teams players, too. That really does go a long way, in my opinion. They they could have, I think, a really nice-looking special teams unit now. Maybe special teams aren't what they once were because every kickoff goes for the end zone, I realize. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, it's not a bad thing to have. And, and no, he's, he's really a nice player, good for him. He just one of those guys who finds a way to, to stick on the roster, and there's a reason he's doing it.
0: Yep. No, you're right about that. And um, I guess we're, we're coming down to the last players on the uh, Steelers roster that were rostered last year that were unrestricted free agents that currently haven't signed yet with another team. We're keeping an eye on them. Obviously, Mark Barron and Anthony Cicillo, two players that should find teams. Um, other ones that might be a little tougher will be LT Walton, Johnny Holton, and uh, LeVon Hooks. Um, uh, I know Walton and Hooks were defensive linemen. Johnny Holton was the polarizing fourth uh receiver that they threw on the field that couldn't catch cor- cor- mm. coronavirus in the Wuhan district of China um but it you know best of luck to him moving forward and I hope he does does well but uh <laughs> but and then Rosie Nix obviously he was cut um he's the only free agent that we lose or the only person that the Steelers lose off the roster that they don't get any Um, credit toward compensation pick because he was cut. He was a rostered player. When you cut a player, you don't get any compensation for it. Same thing with traded players. So when they picked up Wormley, he doesn't count at all for picking up a new player uh, through free agency because he was picked up through a trade. Um, So now the Steelers have a plus-minus value because they lost... Hargrave, which is going to be the biggest loss. That's the, the, the biggest number staring around thirteen mil a year. Uh, Sean Davis getting five mil a year. B.J. Finney getting four mil a year. Um, and uh, it looks like you know, Matakavich four and a half mil a year. That's a big number too for a, a backup special teams player. Yeah. Like it looks that it looks like the value now, like about what we paid for uh, uh, for the Watt brother, the new Watt brother. But um, but yeah, and then losing, um, uh, bringing the people in. Ebron is the biggest contract so far that they brought in, and that's a six million dollar. So you're going to get a lot of value here uh, with your players uh, coming back and forth, and it it looks like it's going to probably work out to multiple players. Might be on the cusp of getting a third-round comp pick next year, but I definitely think they'll get a fourth, and it looks like they'll probably end up getting a sixth and a seventh as well.
1: Yeah, there's uh, nothing wrong with that, and really the names you mentioned are not going to make or break them. God love Johnny Holton. Yeah, He's really fast. Yeah, he is. Um, They sure tried to force feed him into the offense. It just didn't work. Um, Mark Barron is interesting. Yeah. He really struggled probably the first six or seven games. Mm -hmm. He was burned a lot. Mm -hmm. I I know a lot of the fan base, perhaps even myself, got a little annoyed with him. Yeah. And the funny thing about him, from everybody I talked with who who covers the Steelers in training camp, Mm -hmm. he was a monster at training camp, like, every day. Yeah. Like, everybody's saying, this guy's a stud. Like, wait till you see him play. And it didn't pan out. But then, in the second half of the year, he was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, He's coverage he improved. Really improved. So, yeah. I, I I doubt they wanted to lose him. Yeah, I I just think that was a cap situation. I, mm-hmm. I actually think they probably liked him. Yeah. Um, but you still have a couple of really good players. An and, inside linebacker with Bush and Vince, and you know you can't keep everybody. That's just the sad reality of the uh, salary cap. But that yeah. said, I, I certainly think they can survive without him.
0: Yeah, and, and and that's where the Steelers are at now because now you're getting into the second week of free agency the big runs have already been made on the players that are high targets and now you're left with the guys. And, you know, this is what the Steelers really do well, because I don't see them obviously pulling up any large players anymore for free agency, but they make might make a minor trade or make a minor move of picking up a guy that, you know, that, that's of value that can help them out in depth. And and honestly, Mark Barron is one of those guys they're going to keep in the back of their mind because now if you can sure. get Mark Barron back on the team for two million and he's your, and he's playing the same role that he played last year. I mean, hell yeah! I mean, that's a hell of a move that the Steelers could make, uh, even bringing back, oh, absolutely. Chiquillo, absolutely, You know, on a on a two mil contract or something like that. But I, I know, like, seeing what um, Rosie Nick's made, or not Rosie Nick's, but seeing what um, uh, Matakavich and seeing what you know uh, Watt made being special teams players, and good, spe- and, he, and Chiquillo is a good special teams player. Um, you know, I think he's, he's thinking 4 million. He wants to be paid pretty much what he was making, uh, on the Steelers, but I I don't know if that just exists anymore for his type of player because he, he just kind of showed like they were grooming him and grooming him to get those snaps and be that outside linebacker to kind of come in and hopefully replace, but he just never turned into that guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just an average player. You know, he's not a bad player. The one thing I would say for Chicolo, uh, we mentioned off the field issues. He had one last year and yeah. You know, that's been resolved. I, sometimes teams, I think, are a little more hesitant yeah. with guys who have had those issues, and some teams aren't. So I, I don't know if that will affect him or all, but he was a nice depth guy to have. I, I will say that he was. But if you look at everything mm-hmm. the Steelers have done this off season who they've let go, who they've signed, decisions they've made, I, I find it pretty difficult to have a lot of fault with what they've done. I think they've done a very nice job.
0: And Josh, can you refresh my memory into what the offseason uh, problem was with Anthony?
1: Uh, uh, by what? The, what you the, you, uh, the you said he had an off-field
0: issue? issue, yes, yes.
1: I believe there was a domestic uh, issue with his oh, right. girlfriend or his wife. It, oh, that's it, right. With I think.
0: Yeah, and they deactivated yeah. him for a game on the um, yeah. on the commissioner inactive list so he didn't count against the roster move. Right. That's, yeah, that was that was an interesting week. Right. You're right. Yeah, and then it came out that it, that Ever, it, every, it was good. And, every
1: NFL team has guys who have been accused of things who have issues. I realize that. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it won't hurt him. But for, for fringe guys like him, though, yeah, you know, I think teams are a lot more likely to just if it's a Ben Roethlisberger or a James Harrison, say, "Well, that's a star. We'll deal with it." Mm. If it's a guy who you can, you know, Cedric Wilson, ah, eh, you're gone. I mean, yeah. that, that that does happen sometimes. So I wonder if that will impact him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it probably does. But, uh, but like you're saying, that's pretty much it going into the uh, the the free agency moves. So uh, you know, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us on the call, man. It was great to just sit here and talk, and it, it was a very smooth conversation. Really loved having you on the, on the uh, SteelerNation.com podcast.
1: Listen, I, I enjoyed it very much. Anytime you want to have me on, please ask. It's nice to talk about something other than hockey for a change. <laughs> and we all we all have a lot of time to kill right now. Yes. So I I, I really want to thank you. <laughs> I enjoyed it very much.
0: <laughs> Josh, you're going to be back, so we'll we'll be uh, reaching out to you. I I know um, uh, because you're as passionate as I am. You're very knowledgeable, and you following sports. I know that you you follow uh, the the Penguins for your career, but. You know, if you're into sports, I know you're into all your sports, and we know you love the Steelers, so it was great having you on.
1: I'm just at Heinz Field like the rest of you on Sunday afternoons, I promise you. Nice.
0: (laughs) And guys, Steeler Nation, please, you want to start following Josh, do it on Twitter, Josh Yohe underscore P-G-H, and that is J-O-S-H-Y-O-H-E underscore P-G-H. Go on over to www.theathletic.com. Check out his articles, and he is a wealth of, of knowledge, as you have just seen, because we've had a nice long conversation about free agency, and how many Pittsburgh Penguins fans or writers that you know would have this much to offer. So once again, Josh, big, big, big thanks, and, and we'll be seeing you soon here at Steeler Nation.
1: All right. My pleasure. Anytime.
0: Hey, Steeler fans, make sure to come over to SteelerNation.com for some of the best football forum and news articles on the Internet. Tweet us at Steeler Nation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Thanks for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm your host, G. Stryker, along with Josh Yoey, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!